Being in business is stressful when you're wearing all the hats and trying to figure out everything on your own. Does having someone to guide you and having access to your own team of designers, content creators and web support sound too good to be true? What if I told you it's available to you right now? Join me at samanthariley.global forward slash collective to join the Experts Collective and get the strategy and support you need to take your business to six figures this year. That's samanthariley.global forward slash collective. I'll see you there. When you repeat your actions on social media, don't count it as boring. Repeating it is a good thing because when you repeat the actions that you do on a, every day, people have a better law of average of what you do. And it takes time. It takes time to really build up that image of like, oh, okay, this person is doing this again and again and again. And that's how they know that they are master in your field. You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, the podcast for coaches, thought leaders, and change makers who are ready to become the standout expert. If that's you, stay tuned because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I want to help you build a successful business sharing your expertise, generate the impact and income you need to create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. Are you ready? Let's enter the lab. In this episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab, I chat with Darius Tan. We talk about how to attract sales without spending a cent on paid ads or fancy funnels. Now, Darius is our very first guest from Singapore, so he does have an accent, but please, please stick with it. He drops gold in this episode. We talk about how you can create an organic client attraction machine. We talk about the biggest challenges that people experience with social media and what you need to do to be known as an authority and what you need to focus on to avoid not getting drowned out. It's a little bit different to the way I've ever heard anyone talk about this before. He talks about how you can attract sales on social media, and he talks about the bridge that you need to create to get people to see you, to then buy from you. This is a great episode. I know you'll love it. Let's dive in. Welcome to the show, Darius. It's great to have you joining me today. Awesome. And thank you for really inviting me on this show. I think it's an honor for me to hop on the show, especially when you've got a good podcast host for these uh, viewers and listeners that are listening into. Awesome. Thank you so much. So you're about to find yourself in the same rabbit hole that I put all of our other guests through. Awesome. I'm into it. And looking forward to it because you're the first person in, well, we're at nearly 300 episodes and I've never interviewed anyone from Singapore today. So welcome as the first Singaporean guest onto the show. I like I like it that we're global here. Um, now, we're t- going to be talking today about organic client attraction and specifically attracting sales without spending a cent on paid ads or fancy funnels, which I think is a topic that all of our listeners are super excited to know a little bit about. or actually probably more than a little bit, probably a lot. (laughs) But why don't you start off by sharing a little bit about what it is that you do, Darius, and how you wound up where you are now doing what you do. Awesome. I think that question is going to be quite a long answer. (laughs) I can't (laughs) take it. Now, um, I I think this question always comes out of the interview itself. Now, my clients call me the Instagram wizard, or nowadays they call me the organic wizard, because like what you say, pretty much we get all our clients. Our clients also get all their clients or most of their clients organically itself. Now, then the question would probably be, why on earth did I decide to go full organic and not spend on ads? In fact, I kind of took like a oath <laughs> uh-huh. that I'll never ever touch a pay that ever. And people would be like, wait, that doesn't make sense because you need ads in order to reach out to more people to scale. So I think let's take it back to when I kind of started on this whole vote itself. This episode is made possible by your podcast concierge. Editing your podcast can be time consuming. Your podcast concierge offers comprehensive and affordable podcast production and social media marketing services to help you grow your podcast and business faster. Go to yourpodcastconcierge.com and book a call via the Let's Talk button on the homepage and receive 50% off your first month when you mention Thought Leaders Business Lab. Now, of course, I think like everyone of the listeners over here, they probably bought into like seminars and courses that teach them like and gurus teach them that, okay, you know what you're going to do? You're going to uh, have an offer. After you have the offer, what you're going to do is to have ads and funnels, mm-hmm. right? And back at the time, I think I was like 20, 19 years old, but I can see I'm, I'm still pretty rather young. <laughs> <laughs> and so at 19 years old, I think 
people who are 19 years old don't really have much cash, right? We are pretty darn broke. Yeah, <laughs> the only thing we have is school. some savings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and the gurus are telling me, okay, what are you going to do? And they start showing stats, right? Okay, $100 ad spend a day. And then they start increasing numbers. And then I'm just looking at my wallet and I go like, uh, <laughs> I don't <laughs> think I'm able to afford. <laughs> I don't think I'm able to afford this, right? And so and so everyone was just saying ads, ads, funnels, and at me, at me, I was like 18, 19. I was looking at like even click funnels, right, with the software itself. I was like that, that's pretty expensive. <laughs> I think to all the business owners out there, they're probably like, oh man, that's like to to you guys probably you guys can afford it right now at the, at the current moment. But back then, I was like, damn, I was really like dead beat broke, and I was like bootstrapping this whole thing up so mm-hmm. i knew that my expense was like about 500 to 1k and if i were to buy a click funnel software that would be 1k yeah <laughs> i couldn't do anything else with it and so i was thinking oh damn so i can't really spend on ads if i were to go and set up my funnel and my website itself and i was thinking okay how am i gonna get traffic then right like if, if i can't spend ads what am i gonna do and so i can remember that i was just uh, really thinking through again and again because gurus keep telling us S, 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 S. And nobody else was really telling us in terms of how to get it organically. And the only thing that people tell us to do organically is post content and mm-hmm. then they will come. And so yes. I thought, you know what? Uh, let's listen to Gary V's advice of content, content, content. <laughs> right. And, and I think for all, all the, all, a lot of business owners out there, Gary V is probably one of the inspiration when it comes to content itself. Right? So I thought, okay, you know what? Uh, let's write content again and again. And this was maybe three years, three years back around there. And so I thought, okay, Let's post content like mad. And so I posted three content a day on Instagram. I remember mm-hmm. this very clearly. I was like, okay, let's post and post. Uh, one week in, we didn't really get much uh, followers. Now, six months in, okay, we posted three times a day. That's if you do the math, not say very good at math, even though I'm Asian. People think Asians do very well. <laughs> I guess I'm a normally. So three times 30, that's about 90 posts a month. 90 uh-huh. times six, that's about 540 posts. That's quite a, a lot. lot. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> quite a lot, a lot of content. <laughs> and so I thought, you know, 540 pieces of content, how many followers do you think I'll get? Probably not many, I'm guessing, where this story's going. <laughs> oh, man. <that's, laughs> I guess I'm placing, uh, placing down now. So 540 pieces of content, and I got 500 followers. And so I was thinking, okay, this is pretty embarrassing. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to tell people like people are gonna think like okay, 540 pieces of content, maybe you get like two followers per content that's about 1k followers at least, right? Uh-huh. uh-huh. My number of followers was less than the number of content I placed out. I was like, yeah. Oh man, I was spending like three to four hours every single day just, just to create the content and put out. Like I literally went to Canva and of course I was once again I was bootstrapping. Yes. So I just keep creating again and again, three to four hours. So 540 followers, I was thinking what went wrong. Because the thing is, before this on Instagram, I was actually on Twitter. And Twitter, I was thriving pretty well. I went from like 0 to 50k followers in about 6 to 7 months around there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of this in terms of quotes, a lot of this in terms of whatever my beliefs and values were just putting out there. And so on Twitter, I thought like, you know, if I do the same thing on Instagram, I do things like quotes, infographics, people will actually like it. And I realized the whole audience shift is totally different. So I think let's start off with one tip itself since I'm telling my story as well. I think one tip is that for anyone using social media, understand that every platform has its own intention. Every platform has its own audience itself. So never ever think that, oh, if I produce a content on this, I can literally just copy this whole thing and mm. just paste. And that's what's called repurposing. People think that that's what repurposing is. Just taking the same content and then posting on another platform. Right? The closest platform I'll say that you can do something like copy and paste is Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, something totally close. Agree. But when you go to, like, let's say you talk about TikTok, you talk about Clubhouse. Okay, maybe TikTok and Instagram Reels, yeah, sure. But you talk about TikTok, Clubhouse, you talk about Twitter, you talk about Pinterest uh, for people who LinkedIn. might use it. Right? LinkedIn as well, right? The whole intention, the whole audience is totally different. On Facebook, you can go like, yay, my client just got like 10K in today. Uh, you're not going to go onto LinkedIn and do that, right? <laughs> people are going to look at you and go like, Oh, this guy is a little bit too enthusiastic. Everyone's here pretty professional and pretty uh, mature in, in, in some sense of way. And so after testing and failing a lot in terms of content itself, that was when uh, I started to realize like, oh, okay, how do I go about creating content that really gets the traffic over and really uh, be able to convert this traffic into sales itself? And I realized it's not just in terms of content. It's about building a community. I think one mm-hmm. big thing I'll talk about maybe today is I mentioned a lot about community itself and that's how you really built a raving follower base that can come up as traffic and build a whole email list from scratch without mm-hmm. any ads at all. And so what I did, as usual, I went and find uh, more mentors and more coaches in the industry itself. And that was when I started realizing like, wow, 
uh, coaches were telling me like two, three different strategies from each other. So one thing to realize is never get multiple different coaches at one time. Because, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, back then, like when you first started, right, I'm quite sure everyone just bought into any program and anything, anything at all. So I was just paying and paying. And so this coach tell me A, this coach tell me B. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. man, what to do? Combine both of it together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and realize like, oh, okay, like about 20% of the thing works, 80% didn't really work, like how the Pareto principle works. And then sooner or later, I kind of really dive down. After spending a ton of cash and testing again and again and again because uh, most like what, like what I say most coaches don't really focus on the organic part so they teach a little bit of, of organic and they spend most of the time ads right because that's how you really get the traffic and clients in which I do agree it's just that I don't use it because uh, that's not really my specialty at the moment or I don't ever intend to touch it at all so that was how I really honed down and realized hey you know what you can actually get clients from organic traffic itself you can build a six-figure business using organic traffic itself uh, right now we're on the way to building a seven-figure our whole goal is really hit eight-figure without uh-huh. paid ads as well and yes. I think people will think like, oh, that's pretty crazy because at seven figures, you bound to use paid ads, but we're, we're pretty hell bound on it. And we are always constantly innovating and reinventing the whole organic uh, space itself. Love it. And I really, really like what you said there. And I think this is so important. It's almost like the foundation of this episode is that we can build a six-figure business on organic content, but it's not just any content. It's not just the content that has no value and it's no content that is not reverse engineered to where you're wanting to lead your your audience to or the, as you say community yeah awesome man and i think that uh, what people think of content is like they kind of have some misconceptions of content that, oh i gotta be a graphic designer oh i gotta be have a really really great copy to be a good copywriter itself oh i gotta spend hours on content itself and oh i gotta like spend a lot of my time and effort solely based on content itself and i think people have this misconception about content because to be honest uh, my team and i spend about 10 minutes a day on content at max and because that's because we have actually built a system itself that allows us to uh, create this content and go i mean i'm obviously not gonna be able to show the full system on this Uh uh (laughs) on this one episode itself i'll share the elements right off okay give me a sec this is scam caller calling me yeah, so I'll share some elements in the system itself, exactly what makes content really great content and how you can produce it really fast. And then I think I'll touch a little bit about that. And then if you can, we can go on into uh, discussing more about the community aspect and really leveraging a community rather than just building content. Because content, one thing about content is that you put up content, it's not really evergreen, especially on social media. Uh-huh. Now, the only platform it is evergreen is uh-huh. on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Because YouTube is kind of like Google. Google and YouTube functions the same way, where you type in something and it's going to be there forever as long as you rank for it now with all the other social media platforms uh they're pretty much come and go you post something and maybe it gets viral for one or two days three days later you won't see it ever again and mm-hmm. no one will see it as well so then the question is do you really want to put in so much effort into producing this sure you want to have high quality content but you also got to match up the effort because if you're producing really high quality content and your effort is really really high then the question is are those content converting into leads and sales if it is then it's worth to do it but most of the time, not every content we put out will convert. Am I right? Yeah, <laughs> because totally. content is mostly for nurturing. Nurturing and attracting people over. And when it comes to conversion, it's not really with the post itself already. Now, I was chatting with someone just the other day. Definitely YouTube is evergreen content. But they also did mention Pinterest. And they said this: the third closest, not quite there, but the third closest is actually TikTok. Yeah, I think with TikTok itself, uh, it's a very interesting space because I can remember at one point of time, I was thinking like, mm, okay, when, when should I hop onto TikTok? I know I will have to hop onto TikTok uh, <laughs> um, sooner or later and stuff. And I just hopped on TikTok like the past two weeks itself. I just started, uh, just started it because I was very focused on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter itself. That's how we get quite a lot of the traffic form itself already. Uh-huh. Uh, podcast itself is also a little bit evergreen, I can say. And then with TikTok itself, it's very interesting because how the algorithm works is that uh, it's always changing. When I study causes on TikTok as well, even when I deep dive into TikTok, reading through all the terms and condition and privacy things, this is what we do. <laughs> and so I was looking through it, uh, it changes like meh. It changes like on a monthly basis, they keep changing again and again. And so sometimes you'll see viral posts on TikTok that's been there for like one month, two months. Uh-huh. And then you realize that some of the viral TikToks like one, two days and then it fell off. Right? And to be honest, no one can really explain 
why mm. it is like that now. I think on Instagram, mm-hmm. we can explain. On Facebook, we can explain. But on TikTok, we can't really explain at the moment because the algorithm is constantly changing. What we can only say is that the algorithm is very susceptible to whether people scroll and whether people like. So they're looking at two things. They're looking at the watch time, how long you actually take to watch it. And the Mm -hmm. second thing is whether you engage it basically based on liking and commenting or sharing it. Now, Mm -hmm. let's say if the TikTok video itself, there are a lot of likes and comments and shares. But the thing is that people, once people land on it, they don't really continue watching it after a period of time. Then that's where it kind of drops. The virality effect drops. Yep. So that's why TikTok does extremely well with 7 to 15 seconds. Why? Because when we look at it, we're bound to have a watch time of at least 3 or 4 seconds right, before it's gone, which means that's a huge percentage of the watch time itself. And so that's exactly why TikTok itself is a very interesting platform itself. Uh, and I think everyone should uh, get on it, whether it's they're 40, 50, 60 years old. I'm saying it not because, like, oh, you're going to get leads on TikTok. Uh-huh. But the thing is, I have known people who have thousands and thousands of, hundreds of thousands, in fact, one of the person I know on TikTok itself. Now, do they get leads on TikTok? Not really. But what they do get is traffic. Mm-hmm. And what you want to do with TikTok itself is use TikTok to channel and generate the traffic over to YouTube. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. best way you want to go about it. A Channeling to Instagram, I feel like, mm, okay. But then again, you will probably have a lot of 20 years old people, right? That's where the demographics is. Or sometimes you might have 17, 18 year old people. Not sure if that's really your client. Now, let's say if your clients are all B2B. I don't, I'm not sure if your audience have B2B, <laughs> B2B audience. For B2B audience itself, then yeah, maybe TikTok isn't really the best platform to be on. Now, if you have B2C, then I will highly recommend you to be on TikTok itself. Mm. Just how much time you really want to spend on it. If let's say your B2C is with people like 40, 50 years old, then yeah, maybe you don't want to touch TikTok itself. But if your audience itself is like 20, 30 years old, yeah, I will even consider 30 because there is a range of 20 to 30 people over there and TikTok will continue to grow over time. So based on the next few years itself, I'd rather you hop on now rather than wait for a few years mm-hmm. and jump onto it and then go like, ah, shit, I regret not hopping on it earlier because those people who are like 25 will become 30, those who are 30 will become 35 years old, five years down the road. So I'll say TikTok is something that will stay for the long run itself. Yeah, awesome. Let's talk about your authority brand because this is something that I'm really passionate about. I think that we all should have an authority brand. What has changed, in your opinion, over the last few years when I use that term authority brand? Yeah, that's a very, very great question, in fact. And that's exactly why I place authority itself. And now I think authority itself, especially with uh, the youth that are coming up and uh, 20 years old, I would say the millennials and the Gen Zs are uprising as well. Uh, Authority itself doesn't really have a very great ring do it whenever you say authority. Now, I think people who are like 30, uh, maybe 40 years old around there, they would love to be authority and things like that. I want to be at the top of the market itself. Now, with the millennials and the Gen Z, especially the 20 or 30 years old, what I realized is that uh, most of these people don't really think too much about, oh, me becoming the top of the industry. Sure, secretly inside, they would want to be at the top of the industry, but that's not something that they say or proclaim out. What they really are driven is by the amount of impact that they have for the clients itself. And I think that's why I really love when I went to a website and you, I see you talking about like using your uniqueness and using your talent and leveraging on it. That's mm-hmm. what one of your programs was on about, right? And so that's what I really love about it because most people nowadays, as the years go by, we have less and less people using the word authority mm-hmm. and we have more and more people using things like how are we going to impact more people? How are we going to influence more people? And that's why our podcast name is Influence Impact Itself, Right. And people don't, I mean, aren't really too concerned about oh, becoming the authority. Sure, secretly they do desire being respected, being appreciated, being valued in the industry, right? Uh, but when they proclaim it out, they won't proclaim that, oh, I'm authority in the industry. Now, the only reason why I use authority itself is because uh, at some point of time, you want to be valued, you want to be respected, you want to be appreciated. Sure, you don't proclaim it, but you will. People will see you as, hey, you know what? This guy is an authority. So it's a very interesting thing because I see it as an unconscious and a conscious thing. Unconsciously, we want to be authority, but consciously, because of how society has now shaped uh, the use of negative connotations, things like uh, authority, things like, oh, you like people now have a very uh, interesting take on more um, authoritative stance that people create, right? So on a conscious level, right? people don't really say authority. People use the words like, oh, I want to lead others. I want to influence others. I want to impact others. Right? A more positive connotation rather than authority itself. But mm-hmm. on an unconscious level, they do want to become authority. On a conscious level, that's not what they're saying. 
Yeah, so it's interesting. How do you suggest that people create that authority in their social media, whether or not they're using that word? Because I think where I'm going with this is, you know, if we look back 10 years ago on social media, it was the authorities were the people that were standing there with their Ferraris and their Lamborghinis in front of the mansions next to their private jet that we had no idea whether it was really theirs or not. <laughs> and in most often, most cases, it wasn't. They were just, you know, rented. So, so, you know, the feeling around these brands has really changed. What is it that we can do without showing you know, and as someone said it this morning to me, showing us standing in front of an infinity edge pool, pretending to be rich and famous, <laughs> right? <laughs> what is it that we can promote on our social media so that we receive that authority, that respect in our social media now? Also, that's a really good question. In fact, in fact, if you look at my profile, you look at any of my clients' profile, we never ever once show like our car, our house, or any luxury uh-huh. things, in fact. Because that's not me. In fact, that's not me. I'm an essentialist, so I don't really indulge into buying cars and things like that. I don't see a point. The truth is, uh, when it comes to authority, I think it goes to these three words itself. It's building relatability, building value, and then building trust. I think these three things that you want to really uh, focus down on. Now, let's dive into each of this. But when it comes to relatability, uh, I think let's start off with relatability itself. It's like a, likes attract like. Mm-hmm. Right, like attract like people always think that oh okay the reason why people work with me is because they like me uh, well in fact the people the reason why people work with you is because they are like you not because they like you uh-huh. I think a lot of people are always trying to be liked on social media and they want to uh-huh. look at their likes they want to look at the comments I don't really care about that because when I ask my clients when they hop on the call with me and I ask them so what made you join the program and it's like and then I realized that these people didn't even engage with me on on, on my posts but they are still in, in my program itself. And that's the interesting thing because they are like me. They don't have to like my post. Sure, they like me. But ultimately, at the end of the day, they are like me. And that's really honing down on what values you have. I tell my clients this, that you got to be very clear on what core values you're showing up on social media because people are what I call AOTP. They're always all over the place on social media. They're showing this one thing and another thing. They show their food. They show their house. They show their, their, what they're wearing today. And then they're showing all the different kinds of things. And I think like, but that's pretty messy, right? If I'm a new follower and I follow you on your social media and every few hours is like a different thing. Sure, you might think it's exciting, but the honest truth as a follower is like, okay, where's this going? This is kind of AOTP. It's like all uh-huh. over the place. I don't really know whether you are an expert or are you like a, a home stylist or what, what, what are you? Right? Because people tend to show too many things. Like I do know people who are like experts in their field, like coaches, right? But they also show things like their trading and their stock investments. Yes, I show, I do stock investments and trading, but I don't show that. The reason is very simple is because if I show too many information, the law of average actually comes about. Now, the law of average is basically this. Based on the amount of information that you put out there for other people to see, they will make an average perception of who you are and how you're like and what you actually do and how you help them. Now, the thing is, if you think about it, if you're AOTP, what's the law of average here? Uh, Pretty much the average is that you're all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) The the average of all over the place is all over the place. There isn't Uh an average of that. Right. And so understand by using the law of average, what we should be doing is honing down to three things. Three things that you really want to be show, showing to your audience itself about how you are like. And that's why it all goes back down to your core values. Now, once you understand what your core values, for example, for mine, it's commitment, it's mastery, and it's love. Mm-hmm. Right? Love is kind of like, people are like, wow, okay, interesting. Like you were saying commitment, mastery, that's pretty hardcore. And then love is like the other spectrum. <laughs> but I really love... Uh, to really uh, spread and give love around to the people that I'm with as well. But commitment and mastery is very important to me. And so to give an example of how I actually show up on social media itself, you realize the kind of words that I always use are very related to words like commitment, words like mastery itself. Every single day I'm showing people, hey, this is a book I'm learning. Hey, this is a mastermind I'm learning from. Hey, this is a brilliant coach I'm learning from. And I'm always constantly learning again and again and again. Why? Because it boils back down to the value of commitment and mastery itself. Now, a lot of things that you do on a daily basis has to be aligned to your core values itself. In fact, you're unconsciously doing things that align to your values. The reason why we make decisions, the reason why we make buying decisions is due to our values itself. The reason why we, I get coaches, the reason why I buy courses is because why? My commitment to mastery itself. Mm. And so understand that a lot of things that you do on a daily basis has already been linked to your core values. So people always get stressed like, oh, what, what do I post on my story? What do I post on my content? Like, I'm, I'm really stressed. Like, 
do just just post whatever they do on a daily basis. People think that oh, they do on a daily basis is not exciting, it's boring. I, I kill not my my story is if you guys follow me, <laughs> not sure if that's a social profile right here. You follow me, you look at my you look at my uh post, you look at my stories itself. Most of the time, you'll see me doing work. And it's not because I'm a hustler. I do believe in taking breaks and recharging as well. I'm not a pure hustler kind of person, right? Um, but I do believe in showing people actually, hey, this is what I'm working on. And to be honest, I stay in this room. We we're all, all in lockdown. Let's be honest. We all stay in our room probably 24-7 at this rate. <laughs> and the thing is, I still post content. I still post stories on me being in my room and doing my work itself. And the interesting thing is how I relate back to my core values. Mm-hmm. Because things like, let's say, Let's say uh, drinking water itself. Now, this is mm-hmm. a pretty big water. It's a one, one little water yep. water itself. Now, the reason for this is because I prioritize in keeping myself healthy every single day, making sure that I never fall sick. I never fall sick for about like two years itself. Now, to me, that's building up mastery as well. Building up mastery in the field of what? In the mm. field of keeping myself healthy and fit. Now, a lot of things that we do has alignment to our core values, just that we don't actually realize it. It's unconscious level. That's why I say a lot of things I'm going to be saying is making the unconscious conscious. And I hope I'm doing this right now for the people that are listening itself. Don't look at what you do on a daily basis as, oh, okay, I'm doing work, right? If you're doing work, then that's kind of static, right? Like, like it's not just work. There's, 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 you're doing work because it has a meaning to it. Because of something. Because yes, of something that's a meaning important to it. There's to a meaning to it. Yes, exactly, exactly. And the thing is, people think that, oh, this meaning is a big, when it actually can be big. When I share stories about things like, oh, okay, right now, I'm drinking water itself. Let's say for this example, I just decided to use this. I'm drinking water and I drink water like three, four, five liters every single day. I mean, uh-huh. they say seven liters. It's pretty hard to hit, to be honest. <laughs> I drink like three to five liters every single day. Make sure that I get this down three, wow. four times. Right. And people are like, wow, that's freaking interesting. Like, and then other people tell me, that, hey, you know what? I pick up this habit of actually drinking water. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, that's great. And you see how I actually was able to inspire people just based on my core values itself. Yeah. And so... Understand that when you repeat your actions on social media, don't count it as boring. Because the honest truth is this, if you were to go and ask any of your followers, in fact, anyone who's listening to this right now, just do a social experiment. Ask 10 of your followers, ask them, right? Do they remember any story or post that you have posted like 10 days or one week ago? 90% of the time, they'll say no. <laughs> they won't even remember what you posted yesterday. If you were to ask someone right now, hey, do you know what I posted yesterday? They go, oh. <laughs> and do you know what I posted yesterday, the day before yesterday? Even they'll be like, oh, what the hell? I don't even know. And so repeating it is a good thing because when you repeat the actions that you do on a, every day, people have a better law of average of what you do. And it takes time. It takes time to really build up that image of like, oh, okay, this person is doing this again and again and again. And that's how they know that they are master in your film. It's not by, oh, buying cars and buying houses and mm-hmm. buying fancy gadgets. That's not, how they sh- that's not how you show that your authority and fail. You show your authority and fail by being it, by showing up, by every single day working on it again and again. And people look at it and go like, shit, this guy is really deep diving into this thing every single day again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And every of my posts every day, I'm just showing that, hey, you know what? I'm working on this whole uh, omnipresence attractions marketing that I'm, I'm really focusing on holding on again and again. And people go like, okay, uh, that's exactly why they call me the organic wizard and Instagram wizard. Like, it's not coming up from my mouth. It's they themselves tell me, I was like, oh, okay, interesting. The reason why I got to that place in the first place is because I keep repeating the same thing again and again. Mm-hmm. And that's why I want to say that it's not... It's not being no. boring if you're repeating because we have thousand and one meanings that we have for each of our events itself. Yeah, I learned that years ago from a mentor of mine and he said, your ideal prospect is going to have the same problem forever and ever and ever and ever. Yet we try when we're, we're creating content and I'm sure we've all been caught up in this where we try and recreate the wheel and it doesn't have to be. It's always repeating that same thing over and over and over. And when we do create, you know, you were saying just earlier that people don't remember what you post. In actual fact, when we post something that is really uh, exactly what our ideal prospect wants to know, so it's valuable content, it's as you said, that is like them. I really love that you said that, you know, people want to be like you, not they don't want to necessarily like you by giving you the the thumbs up on Facebook that that they actually will remember that because I have had clients come and work with me that have seen a post from you know six seven sometimes eight years ago that they've remembered because it was valuable and they said you know I've been following you ever since then because you you said something that really hit home or you said something that I really aligned with so it is really important to be in alignment with our values you know some people use the word authenticity I think that word 
has lost its potency. I think it's really diluted now, but essentially that's what we're doing. We're creating posts that are authentic because they're aligned with our values. So I really love that. What are the biggest challenges? Uh, You know, we talked about being able to move people from social media to coming on to work with us as clients. So we're creating this social media that's in alignment with our values. How do we bridge this gap between someone following us on Instagram and coming to work with us as a client? Because I think this is the biggest gap for people right now. And I'm sure I'm not the only one on this call between the two of us that believes that there is a lot of really spammy and awful sales happening on social media right now. Yeah, I think that's concerning with DMs especially, right? Because oh, it's a, awful. Ton, a ton it's of DMs awful. again and again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I do, and, and here's the thing, DMs are one of our strategy. But the thing is, I don't focus on DM right away. If, even though I can say that 90% of our sales actually come from DM, not in the spammy, salesy or sleazy way. But so, no, that's uh, one key thing that people are missing before the DM. Sorry, you want to you say yeah, something? Yeah, no, I was going to say, I think I really want to say here, before people start to think, I don't want to DM, because I know that you were saying that a lot of people do. I was sent a DM with someone I connected with on Saturday morning on Instagram. He reached out to me. I'd never connected with him before. And I bought his product within 10 minutes. So... <laughs> The problem isn't DMs. The problem is how it's done. And I just wanted to say that before you went on so that people don't completely switch off now because there is a way to there is a way to do it. And the, the DM isn't the problem. It's the way it's done that's the yes, problem. Yes, correct. It's the, it's the way it's done because you've probably seen a lot of spammy messages and they're really, really long messages. But in fact, just a, just a quick tip itself. The shorter the DM, actually, the better you will be. <laughs> One thing we realized is that the more information you call into the DM, the more people will be like, oh man, what's this yeah, person just, just trying to push all the information? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, let me talk about the one thing that you have to do before you mm-hmm. message someone itself. Now, the one thing that people don't see is that they always go and send messages before the person even know what kind of value you're putting out for them. Mm-hmm. And that's the main problem itself because if you're going to send a message out and this person don't really know you, this person haven't really seen your value itself. The only value that he might or she might see, right, or they might see in the po- is through the post itself. That, that's the amount of value. And the truth is, in the post, can you really pack really your whole genius into it? Not really, I'll say, right? And so people have this breach that is not being connected. I call this a breach. Mm-hmm. People are not being connected because right now they're here and you want them to buy over here when they can't really see what the value is. Uh-huh. And so to really connect the breach is what I call building assets, Mm-hmm. building assets itself now building assets is basically building things that will be able to give them value be able to give your clients value this can come in the form of a training this can come in form in terms of books guys i don't really recommend books to be honest because it's pretty diluted the market itself is filled with ton of lead magnets i never ever liked the word lead magnets itself and now i want to explain a little bit more about how you can go about creating these assets and it's just through this one simple sentence that will really change your perception of lead magnets versus what an asset, whatever I'm talking about right now, asset is. Now, asset is something, right, that you give to your paying clients. And now, because it's not really at the top for your paying clients, it's not really the most relevant for your paying clients itself, it is still really valuable. But because you're constantly upgrading for your clients itself, am I right? And you realize you come with more and new, new, new content. So this is a little bit old itself. Now, these are what I call assets that you want to give out to people for free. Mm-hmm. Because now you are no longer giving to your paying clients, they're giving it to the people. The one thing that people always go about with lead magnet is, oh, okay, let me create this lead magnet. And when what's the mindset that they go in when they create lead magnet? The paradigm, right, is that they go in and go like, okay, I'm doing this because I want to get more leads, I want to get more uh-huh. sales. And what the happens? intention's not pure. Yeah. yeah, and the intention, when we go in, we look at the information and we go like, this is pretty that bad. <laughs> we just look at it and say, this is pretty that bad. Right? And the whole thing is just for call to action, call to actions again and again. And sometimes we look at it and sometimes we opt in to lead magnets, right? And we don't even see. It, uh-huh. right? We don't even see. It. It doesn't, we don't even open it in our email boxes. So right? we just opt in. much. So much. <laughs> we just opt in and then we go like, oh yeah, I totally forgot that we opted in to this lead <laughs> magnet. Oh, there's a bright, shiny object over here. I'll go here instead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so the, the perception you want to change is stop creating lead magnets. Use assets. Create assets for your clients. And when these assets you have upgraded to the next level, Take this assets and give to your give to your audience itself for free. And so then your audience will actually cherish it. Why? Because these are paid content that your paying clients have actually received before, but now you're giving out for free. 
And the thing is, do your clients hold a grudge against you? People might think, oh no, I can't give paid, paid content to, to the audience. No, they won't hold a grudge. Why? Because you've upgraded and pushed the content even higher. Mm. People always have the concern. And if you have the concern, then all I can say is that you haven't been pushing your standards higher. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing over here. I put that like set new standards every single time. Set new standards. You always want to be upgrading your deliverables to your clients. And if you upgrade your deliverables to your clients, there will be some deliverables that you can give out to your client, to, your, to the audience itself. So you don't have to take like, oh, I have to take another few hours to create lead magnets. You realize that this whole paradigm of assets, it's not about taking more time to go and create an asset. And that's it, something that you really give to your, to your clients itself. And the only thing you have to do is to tweak a bit to put like some call to actions inside and then just pass it to, pass it to uh, your audience itself. So, so I just want to go back and touch on that a little bit and dive deeper. So you're creating these assets and obviously you talked about mastery before. So that's where this is coming in. So you're sort of, you're taking, you're taking really good content, but for your paying clients, you've created something that's better. You're creating these assets. How are you then offering these to your audience? So you're talking about the bridge. Where, where on the bridge do these assets go? Awesome. So this bridge happens when, uh, when is it in your profile? Maybe the link in the profile itself. This can be in terms of the posts that you, uh, that you create itself. Now, on a monthly basis itself, I actually give out my assets on a monthly basis. So the previous one that I gave out was our content playbook 2.0. It's literally a step-by-step of every single thing you got to do on Instagram. It goes to the dimensions, goes to the type of copy you got to put inside. And people like, People are like freaking out. People are like, what the hell? Like, this is pretty done valuable. Why are you giving out? I had like 100 people all in one go, uh, 100 leads all in one go in about one day itself. And people were like freaking out like, whoa, where's, where's this guy create, like giving out like so precious info? And I'm like, it's because my clients are on another level already. <laughs> and I mean, sure, this is great stuff. And that's exactly why I want you to have it because now I'm not using this for my clients anymore. So might as well just give it out to every single, uh, every single one of my followers mm. out there. And so... Understand this is just one example of what it is that we created itself. And assets itself can be something similar. For example, if you join into masterminds, we join into pretty high paying masterminds itself. Whatever learnings that we have from the mastermind, we actually give it out to our followers as well because we give it out to our clients. And after we give it out to our clients itself, after a few months itself, we realize, oh, okay, you know, our clients, we learned it really. Uh, this a few months, we got new, even more learnings itself, always constantly setting new standards, right? We give that information to the to the followers itself. And people are like, shit, this guy is giving me access to $30,000 worth of mastermind itself. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I also can't believe I'm doing that. <laughs> but but that's, that's just the fun and joy. To me, the fun and joy is like giving people actually valuable content rather than giving people things like Lead And that's why I want to erase my whole mission right now is actually erase Lead from a lot of people dictionaries and to implant this thing called assets, creating actual assets. Because the first intention is to be creating for your paying clients. Mm-hmm. And then once you realize it's not so relevant anymore, it's not so uh, up to date, right? Mm-hmm. It's still good. It's not really yeah. up to the best date itself. You give it up to your it's followers It's not itself. outdated. Yeah, it's not outdated though. Yes, definitely. It's not outdated. Yeah. It's still, it's still uh, usable and it's still great. Give it to your followers. Give it to your audience itself. That's when they realize like, holy shit, this person gives a ton of value itself. And now, how, how do we go about that bridging in the DM itself? Yeah. Right? So in the DM itself, the first thing you always want to do is we never ever want to... Sure, if you were sending out a cold DM, the first thing you want to do, you can go in the selling approach. That's the truth. You can go in the selling approach if you do cold DMs. Now, I don't really want to talk about cold DMs because I think that's something that people have very high barrier on. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, when you first start DMing, uh, I think the first step isn't really to cold DM because... Uh, that's the hardest mental barrier to go over. In fact, I do say that my clients do get uh, clients from cold DMs when done right as well. Okay, but let's start with the more of the basics one, where basically connecting to people that already follow you. Right? Obviously, they already, uh, they have opted into your asset or they have gotten your asset itself. And when you message people, the first thing you want to do is to connect with them. The first thing you want to connect with them. But when I say connect, please don't go and say, hey, how's business going? Hey, how's mm-hmm. the day? Hey, mm-hmm. how's this year going? Right? Because that's what most of my messages actually entail. I don't um, know and- who is teaching that, but do not do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so a lot of messages go, how's business? How's it going? How's your year? And things like that. And they always use the same messages itself. Now, the first message that I always go on is actually connecting person through by understanding what that person is doing. Mm-hmm. And so one thing you're going to do is when you DM people, you have to know what the person is doing. Please don't send out. Uh, the same exact message uh, for every single person. I always like to make an observation of what, whoever it is I'm connecting to. Maybe that person is a coach. Maybe that person is a consultant, right? And 
these people have their specific business and these people have specific problems and specific prospects and specific promises they're giving to people itself. That's the first base of connection itself. And so once that first base of connection is settled, and you might be thinking, oh man, some of them don't reply my messages itself when you build that connection itself. It's fine. It's fine if you don't make that connection. In fact, uh, research has shown that one quarter of the people that you meet, or actually if you don't meet as well, one quarter of the people will not like you for mm-hmm. whatever reasons itself. And you think about it, one quarter is pretty big, 25%. Yeah, 25%. Imagine, you just, imagine you just walking down the street, you count one, two, three, four, or oh, damn, that guy doesn't like me. <laughs> but that really is the case. And people uh-huh. get so caught up with like, oh man, little people hate me, people don't like me. Now, if you do it the wrong way, <laughs> you do it in a way that's salesy, sleazy, manipulative, you go in with a hidden agenda, mm-hmm. right, of you wanting to sell. In fact, when I want to sell, when I sell my co-DMs, I have a very clear intention. I'm going to tell them that he has something good. If you don't want it, it's fine. But if you are interested, let me know. And I have a very clear intention when I sell it out. I don't have any hidden agenda of like, oh, let me check this person and then I see whether a selling point to go in and sell that person. No. When I think that my offer is great for someone, I see it on the get-go. Mm-hmm. And that's how my clients get clients as well. They say it on the get-go and these clients go, hey, you know what? I'm up for it because I've already seen your content. I've seen the amount of value you do. Let's go and work. Let's work together. And people are still so scared about sending these cold DMs. Or, I'm not even sending cold DMs. Sending out the first messages that present the offer. My truth is this. If you do think right, that your offer is able to change the life of that person and that person is going through a lot of misery, it is your obligation to really send out that message and to help that person out. Mm-hmm. The only reason why you're scared, you would be scared if whatever solution you have right now is not the it's best not- fit for the other uh-huh. client itself. Uh-huh. And you have to understand that your offer won't work for every single person. Sometimes you might think that, hey, my offer will really help this person you send out, the person don't reply. Now, that's not saying that your offer is bad unless everyone says so. If everyone says no, then, then your offer is bad. <laughs> now, you send it out and people don't really, some people don't respond. It's fine. It just means they're not the right fit for you. Uh-huh. And not every client will be a client of yours. And that's why I always think that people think that, oh, uh, if I'm in this industry, I cannot, be, I cannot be partnering up with someone in the same industry as me. I will be seeing them as competitors. The truth is the world has too many clients to go around. <laughs> and whichever clients that that person has gotten most likely might not be your clients unless you guys have the same core values you guys have the same core beliefs as well mm. in fact i have clients itself that are in the same industry and they and they attract totally different clients because they have different values they have different beliefs they have different vision and missions of their business itself and because they have slightly different i won't even say completely different they're slightly different in terms of each of these compartments. They attract totally different people mm. because the makeup of the person, you know, like in DNA, one strand of DNA that's missing will completely alter how you are like as a person. It's the same thing for clients. People always think that, oh, I can't partner with people who are in the same uh, industry as me. I can't go and interview people who are in the same industry as me and things like that. Now, I'm just saying that that's probably not a very abundant mindset itself. That's probably Absolutely. just you being completely close and that's just you being like, oh, okay, being competitive itself. And that's Absolutely. when you are not leveraging on your own superpower. Usually these people are what I call people who haven't found a genius yet. Because if you found your genius, you know that you only attract this certain type of clients. You know that these clients will come to you. You know that these other types of clients, sure, they can pay you, but you won't get them on. In fact, just last week itself, I two prospects I had on the call. They were eager to pay me. They already wanted to work with me. They were, <laughs> they were very, very interested. But I found it, I found it as not the right fit. And I have no qualms about, about saying that, hey, you know what? I don't think I'm the best fit for you, but I will point you to the best direction. And I point them, to, point them to someone that I know that will be able to help them a lot better because I think that, sure, I'll be able to help them, but am I really being able to help them to the best that they can be? And if I feel like, no, I can probably help them a little bit, I just go like, okay, maybe it's not really worth my time. It's not really worth your time as well. And I would rather point you to someone else itself. And that's the same thing with every of your clients, uh, not every of your clients, your prospects in the market itself. Then not every of your prospects will be the best fit of your client. Only a few of them will be best fit for you. And when you get your best fit, you onboard them in. If it's not a good fit, have no qualms, have no hesitation of sending them to the person that's best able to serve them itself. In fact, let's say for me, I'm not very good in helping people. I'm not saying good, but I say my specialty. My specialty doesn't lie in helping people to, oh, let me help you find... Uh, let me help you uh, start out your own coaching business. Basically, like in terms of oh, how, how to go about, uh, how do you go about uh, finding what exactly you want to coach about? How uh-huh. do you go about finding out what they're good at? I'm not really in terms of that. That's, self, that's not your like, thing? That at the start. 
Yeah, and for me is if you let's say you really have an offer yourself, let's scale it to the moon. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Right, sure, maybe you don't really have an offer. Sure, let's start that offer yourself. But let's say if right now you don't have any expertise, you kind of finding out your expertise. Yeah, that's on me. And I realized that, hey, you know what? That's a good thing because I got someone that I know that's pretty great at finding expertise, finding uh, finding like what's the starting thing it is that they want to do. I think I'm pretty great at helping people find their geniuses. But I can only help people find their geniuses when they even know what's expertise. But if you don't even know your expertise, then I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> that's a bridge to cross. That's a bridge to cross. And so I just pass all these people to a, a JV partner of mine and just say, mm-hmm. hey, go and, go and learn from this person yourself because I don't think I'm the best position. But once you maybe start up, you got your 3K, you got your 5K month itself. Maybe you got your 10K month. Let's hop on and let's give it to the moon itself. <laughs> Love so, it. Understand that not every prospect will be your client. Not every prospect will be your client. People are very desperate and people, because, and I understand. I understand because I was there before where I was at $0 months. Everyone was at $0 months. And we were desperate for clients. We would take in any client that we want. But then after you take in a client, you start to have regrets because you go, oh man, this client not taking action. Oh man, this client isn't willing to commit into doing this task. Oh man, this client isn't doing this and that and that. And you start bitching and you start complaining. Now, if you're going to bitch and complain, then the first place is you shouldn't be taking out that client. <laughs> totally. <laughs> one thing I'll say, right, is that one way, good way to filter out, I always tell my clients, if you take more than five minutes to think of whether, I'll say not even five minutes, you take more than one minute to think of whether you want this client, you shouldn't be taking the client really. Mm, totally and everyone (laughs) everyone's been there everyone i know has been there so so it's about so just to like go back and recover everything you've talked about by create well we should be creating an authority a brand which is around authenticity and what we're what is aligned with our values about creating social media posts that are a native to the platform and respecting the platform that we're posting on and it, it reverse engineered to the program that we are selling to. The only piece I'm missing here is the piece between that and the point where you're moving your sales to the DMs. I feel like we're still missing a piece in between. So we've got okay. this created, then there's this So the link gap. is actually yep. the asset itself. Uh-huh. The link is actually asset itself. What I mean by asset, don't, don't look at it as, oh, I must have a landing page and I have a funnel. That's why I, I, like, I honestly think that if you're less than 10K a month, I have a client that does, they're getting 20K a month and she doesn't have a funnel. She doesn't have a website, by the way. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so people think that, oh, on the asset, I have to put it on a very nice website, on a very nice platform, get people to opt in, go into my email list, doing way too many things, doing way too many things. A simple asset is by just posting out and say, hey, I got this, you want it, drop a message, drop a DM. Uh-huh. That's how the conversation goes. Uh-huh. And so when you have these assets, right, that you already have for your clients itself, you give it to people, that is that link itself. For anyone that hops on, the reason why I actually get people following me or people hopping in is because they know I get, I do this like monthly or bi-monthly asset thing as well. They're just waiting. What kind of amazing shit is Darius going to give out this month? <laughs> and so when I push out, everyone go like, oh shit, he's giving out this. And then they start sharing on their socials. They share on their story. They share their posts and everything. And go like, that's great. I mean, that's great. I, I mean, sure, sharing is great. I mean, to people like, yeah, sure, sharing is great. To you, it's also, oh, I got a lot of shares and things like To me, I think it's because it comes becomes a norm already. I know that people will share because it's pretty valuable. And my take is this, like, if you think that it's valuable, obviously you do go and share it. Uh, my take on it is that I'm just giving back to, uh, I'm just giving back to the people itself. But for people who are looking to get it more leads, getting more sales itself, I mean, I use it to get more leads as well. Am I very hungry for sales? Not really because our business is doing quite well itself. So, when it comes to um, this bridge itself that you're talking about, right, from that follower itself to the DMs, right, itself, use the asset itself to bridge that gap. Love use it. Use the asset itself to bridge that gap. So we've got the asset, then we move those conversations to DM. Once we know who the people are, once they get to know what we do, so we know that there's a definite match there or a, actually a potential match. Yeah, exactly. Another way to move them is not really just through the asset itself. Another way to move them is through a community, right? And this comes in the form of Telegram channels. This comes in the form of Facebook groups. Uh, this comes in the form of um, email lists. Email lists, I wouldn't really say it's much of a community. Like, So most of it is probably Facebook groups or even Telegram channels, which are booming, uh, mm-hmm. really, really booming right now. It's going to Sooner or later, it's going to have a very big community in Telegram itself because Telegram ramps up their features so much faster than WhatsApp, WhatsApp itself. In mm-hmm. fact, one of my clients itself, there are 2,200 people in the Telegram. 
mm-hmm. and this guy is having wait lists wait list of 10 to 20 people it's clients on demand wow, <laughs> it's clients so on cool. demand yeah exactly so it's not just the assets so it's about community as well if you have a community build a community itself I think that's a big one uh, so yeah that's, that's a, the gap that you might be thinking of, of where's the gap between the DM and the core itself as well love it love it Darius, what you've shared today is fantastic. I love that you've given us that step-by-step system. I know that it's, um, you know, it is about exactly what you say. It's about getting that mastery, which is definitely what everyone that listens to the Thought Leaders Business Lab is all about. It's about getting mastery. We're really, you know, our listeners are really good at what they do. So this has been really fantastic. How can people connect with you? Awesome. Um, You can find me at Darius Tan Official uh, on Instagram, I think that's on Instagram itself. Uh, you can find me at Darius THW at Twitter. And then uh, my, my social is not really aligned because I can't get my name. Somehow, I think my name is a bit common. That's quite oh, sad. Frustrating. <laughs> well, we will put all of the links to all of your yeah, socials. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and YouTube, YouTube podcast as well. Uh, you can check me out. On YouTube, I'm posting every single week itself. So you can check out the videos that I put out there as well. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely pop all of those links into the show notes. Definitely jump onto Darius's uh, socials, jump onto YouTube, learn more about this. Um, all of those links will go up at smetheriley.global forward slash podcast. So you can reach out, check out what Darius is all about and connect with him. Thank you so much, Darius, for everything you've shared today. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. And it's a huge honor to be on this podcast itself. And thank you for really guiding me through this whole conversation itself because I know that I tend to go a bit too deep. <laughs> and then I can see that you're kind of pulling me back. I'm like, okay, okay, let's let's go back itself. But I really, really like to go deep. Like to me, commitment and mastery, that's why I like to go deep and really explain the details into it. But yeah, hopefully uh, the viewers and listeners is it uh, that you guys have um, are actually... Uh, understanding this and more importantly you guys take action I don't want you guys to just keep listening to the brilliance of Samantha uh, Darius or some other people itself and make sure that you actually go and take action and actually execute on it absolutely absolutely beautiful way to finish that it's all about implementation thank you so much I'll chat with you soon It's been great to share another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab podcast with you. If you want more, head over to samantharileyglobal forward slash podcast for the show notes, the links from today's sponsors, and to download your detailed episode companion for the extensive notes and value bombs we shared today. And if you're looking to connect with other experts and changemakers just like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive Thought Leaders Business Lab community on Facebook. The links are waiting for you over at samanthariley.global forward slash podcast.